Welcome to the Total Car Score Podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, here we are back. I really feel honored to have Jason Frisky from Engineer Explain with us. How are you, Jason? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Javier. And Carl is here too. Lauren, uh, he's been having a lot of um, technical difficulties, so she's not here with us today. But anyway, yeah, so, I think Lauren, Lauren needs some engineering explained on being able to log <laughs> yeah, on. There's, there's yeah. problem. <laughs> Maybe you yeah. can do a video on how to connect to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jason, I mean, I was doing a little bit of research. You were the, one of the most successful YouTubers in the automotive category. You have, uh, what is it, 2.9 million, right? So so I did yeah, a we're little, getting very close to three. Yeah, I, I did a little research. There are 61 countries that have less population than you. So wow, Armenia, okay, cool. Armenia, Albania, Qatar, Jamaica, Luxembourg, the Bahamas, Iceland, and the smallest one, Micronesia, that has 104,000 uh, people. So all right. So your next goal is Puerto Rico, which has 3.9 million. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how about it? Yeah. You know, I kind of actually, when I would try to like visualize, okay, how many people is this actually? Uh, and I was living in Idaho. And when I surpassed 1.7 million, uh, that was the population of Idaho. And I was like, all right, I've got one U.S. state. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Carl, any questions for this uh, president of this small country in the internet? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's got a lot of influence now, so I got to be careful what I say. Um, you know, Jason, I, I we know that the YouTube uh, business model has gone crazy. Um, there are so many people out there trying to succeed with it and a relatively small fraction of people who truly are. You are a perfect yes. example of someone who's done this, and uh, it's very exciting. Uh, I'm sure you hear these questions all the time, but for our benefit of our listeners, you know, a, what made you decide to to try this uh, format? And B, how long did it take before you felt like you it was clear you had something going here? Okay, good questions. Um, so the reason I initially created the channel was to put something on a resume. So uh, it was my the summer before my senior year of college. Um, in which I was getting a degree in mechanical engineering, and I didn't really have any experience. Um, so, you know, I wanted something that I could put on my resume and say, hey, uh, this is, a, you know, a passion project, something that shows I'm interested in engineering uh, that I spend my free time doing. And so that was this YouTube channel, which I called Engineering Explained. So the, the initial goal of it was to be a talking point on a resume so that hopefully I could get a job in the engineering world. Um and it was actually good at that task. Uh, I think I had about 2,000 subscribers when I started applying to companies, you know, maybe nine or so months later. And so, you know, it was something that, that would come up in conversation and then it would kind of derail uh, the entire interview. And I feel like that was a very helpful thing. Now, as far as when did I think, hey, this could actually turn into something, um, it always kind of had a steady growth. Like there was never really an explosive moment um, and so I, you know, I'm always like looking at the numbers then based on those numbers saying, okay, if this is my growth rate currently, where will I be in three years, five years, et cetera? 
Uh, and those predictions are very difficult to do because uh, it's a fairly unpredictable platform. But most of it kind of came to happen where eventually uh, there actually was, you know, a sustainable element to it where it's like, hey, you know, I could potentially live off of this. Um, I had been working as an engineer for two years at that time, and I quit my time, uh, quit that job um, and kind of just went after this full time after I'd been doing it for three years total. Uh, and that was in 2014. And here we are in 2021 and it's still working. So pretty neat. That's yeah, that's amazing. And I have to be, I have to say something that I'm very jealous for different reasons. One, <laughs> no, really, uh, I don't know if you know, I think Kyle knows, but I wasn't able to finish high school because of different reasons, moving countries and all that. So I just sure. started working. So I never had a formal education or anything. And I always uh, envy in a, in a good way with a, in a good, with good spirit, like people who have a career, because like if these, for example, if YouTube crashes tomorrow and you don't have that, you can go back and be an engineer, right? Like yes. Uh, yes. my skill set is pretty basic. I can read and write a little bit and maybe do a couple more things. But I mean, it will be a little bit more difficult to find a steady job. I mean, so I'm, I'm jealous for that, for education. And I think that you are a, a really great example of how first you do the serious thing and then you do the fun thing that can probably work, right? Yeah, um, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think there are certainly pros and cons of a, a formal education, um, but mostly I, I think of it as a positive, especially um, like there's there's kind of two things. First of all, there's like an element of credibility that I don't think necessarily is deserved, but it is attributed to having a degree. Um, and then the, the second part is just the... Uh, the nature of like what I'm trying to explain, uh, a lot of the concepts do come from, you know, mechanical engineering. And I wouldn't say that all of my time in college was spent learning how cars work. It, it was just doing math problems. But a lot of that kind of the, the fundamentals of the math behind some of the topics that I'll explain, uh, I got good exposure to through that education. So definitely there were perks to it. Yeah. Carl, you have a question? I mean, you went to college. You may make a better question than me. <laughs> yeah, I went to college and I like the uh, <laughs> I like the comment about may or may not be deserved, but it certainly seems to come with having a degree. Um, and, and I agree with that 100 percent. You know, I I think in theory, a college education is is nothing but a good thing. But I also don't think a college education means you're automatically an expert or automatically brilliant or automatically as smart as some people think they are. Um, but it certainly is, is a great tool and, uh, you know, kind of a background to have. I'm curious on, on your channel for engineering explained, Jason, do you see like themes that consistently do well versus themes that are, that that maybe struggle a little more or have you had to, have you kind of re, um, targeted or, or changed, direction in, in uh, the format or the topics of some of your um, videos as a result of seeing anything like that? Yeah, I would say that's, um, yeah, that's, that's like YouTube summarized very quickly, like certain things 
um, will do well for a certain portion of time. And your kind of goal when you're trying to do this in a sustainable fashion, as in live off of it, is to make sure that you can continuously identify what those things are. Um, so that is, it, it is a tough part of like choosing topics that you think will do well versus choosing topics that you just feel like talking about um, and kind of finding a balance there like keeps you happy, but also keeps your audience happy. Uh, so I think certain things um, like engines just tend to do really well on my channel. Um, exploring kind of, uh, you know, new technologies, new things that are kind of coming out and kind of breaking down how do these new technologies work, that tends to do well. Um, some of the things that can be kind of challenging is, you know, not everyone's interested in every single motorsport, right? So if you get super specific with some element of some motorsport, uh, you might alienate yourself just to the fans of that motorsport. So it's kind of always trying to figure out how to make any subject a broader lesson, regardless of the world that it's kind of encapsulated in. Um, but then, you know, the, the flip side of that is you get too broad. Okay, it's been done a thousand times. No one cares. Um so there, there's always kind of trying to find that balance. Uh, and there's certain rules that I think kind of work on YouTube. Um, like, for example, there was a time when lists online uh, were just, you know, all the rage. Like everything had to be in a list, right? And yeah. I think still Top there's a mentality of like that. lists can be useful. But I think, you know, the Internet also kind of figured out, okay, uh, we've done that. Um, so it's always just kind of trying to figure out what works now. Um, and then in some ways, you know, milking that for as long as it's worth. Uh, and, but, but in the, you know, behind the scenes, always testing out other things because you don't know, you know, what exactly might work. So it's kind of this thing of perpetually testing. YouTube is always changing, um, what their expectations are. Uh, for example, if you go back to my very early videos, um, there was basically no video editing involved. Um, and the thumbnail was like me sitting in front of a whiteboard yeah. and the title was engines explained like very, very simple across the board there. Um, and, and now you can't really get away with that on YouTube. You have to have a flashy title. You have to have a flashy thumbnail. You have to have, you know, some sort of hook. Um, and you have to be able to retain that audience's attention for a very long time, which often means, you know, video, video editing is, is a very important element of that. Yeah. So here comes a hard question, Jason. Oh, boy. Uh, this is really hard. Okay. So obviously, again, you have a college education in engineering and all that, and you see cars uh, very differently from what we journalists do. So is there what, what what like really annoys you? You you can I mean you cannot you, you don't have to mention names except mine. You can say something bad about me. I don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, is there anything that we as in general as journalists see different or like like really? drives you crazy when you see another video from someone someone else and like, well, oh. like they start talking like what, what drives you crazy when you see other video reviews okay that's a good question let me preface it by saying i think there is an immense amount of value in differing opinions especially when it comes to cars uh in this scenario of like the world of automotive journalism simply because people buying cars um aren't necessarily of the engineering mindset right so maybe what i'm yeah. saying plays zero relevance to their buying decision. And so what was the point of it all to begin with, right? So like there, there's value in, hey, I'm approaching this vehicle from a completely different perspective. Um, that is valuable, guaranteed. Uh, the other part of that question, like what kind of drives me crazy? I think, I think sometimes it's challenging and, and maybe it's that I am not 
uh, as well tuned as some other people am, which is probably a part of it. But I think often we start talking about um, certain behaviors of certain cars and saying it does this because of this. It does that because of this, um, where it's like, is that actually noticeable? Like, I think a good example is like electric versus hydraulic steering. And simply because someone reviewing a car knows that it has electric steering, they immediately bash how the, the steering feels. And it's like, well, how the steering feels isn't dictated by whether you're controlling it hydraulically or electronically, right? Like there's, there's many other aspects that go into steering feel. So simply saying, because this has electronic steering, the steering is trash, like that kind of stuff, um, I guess gets to me. But I think my irritations probably more so come with like what consumers want out of cars versus what I want out of a car and those being different. Um, yeah. Like for example, CVTs are a very brilliant thing from an engineering standpoint, uh, but but people driving cars don't like CVTs for the obvious kind of spongy response feeling or it's always making the same sound. And so manufacturers put in these like fake shifts um, that are actually shifting, you know, the gear ratio, but it's, but it's mimicking a traditional gearboxes uh, behavior. And so when we start mimicking things from an older technology that may be worse, it's like, why are we doing this? And then the customer's like, well, that's what I want. And then it's like, well, but this isn't how it's <laughs> yeah. intended to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very that's different. great. I love that. Yeah. And, and I was just talking to someone earlier about the new Mitsubishi Outlander, which has a CVT. A CVT. And it was hard to tell that it was a CVT because I thought it was shifting gears. And I was like, no, no, this is a CVT. They just are making it feel like it's shifting gears, which is making all the old guys go, yeah, yeah, I like this transmission. And anyone who knows engineering going, yeah, but you're probably costing yourself some fish efficiency here by mimicking uh, shifts that aren't necessary for yeah. the car, way the transmission works. So yeah, so it, great it, kind of, it kind of takes away both extremes with the CVT example, because people like that sensation of the shift while they're accelerating. Like if they're accelerating hard, they like that kind of um, that little bump that comes with that shift. But at the same time, that's just costing you time, right? So you're losing acceleration when you want power. And then when you have a light foot, usually most companies will do it where it doesn't skip unless you're kind of decently into the throttle, but some will do it regardless. And so it's like you're costing yourself efficiency on the low end. So there's really not a benefit, right? It's just a feel benefit. But I have to accept <laughs> that that is a real benefit to some people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny and, and it's true. And, and, you know, I think all three of us would agree that we are at the point of the biggest level of disruption in the automotive industry that it's ever faced in its 130 years, however you want to measure it, you know, 1886, maybe is that first Benz vehicle. Um, so the, 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 the understanding and or appreciating or not liking CVTs is such a tiny thing compared to what <laughs> is going to happen in the yeah. next five to 10 years in this industry. It's like, wait a second, it doesn't make any noise because there's no engine. There's no exhaust <laughs> tip. It's like, if you, if you can't handle a non-shifting CVT, what are you going to do about oh, a car that yes. doesn't have any cylinders that are exploding underneath the hood? What or, are you doing? or a steering wheel in the... In the, in the right, in or the even a steering wheel, picture. maybe, you know? <laughs> so uh, I think Lauren was able to figure out her wife. I'm sure maybe she won't need your video to explain that. But uh, Lauren, can you hear us? <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got my, uh, we got the uh, Wi-Fi problem resolved, and I have a question for you. Good. Yeah. How are you doing, Lauren? Uh, Jason, I'm also a mechanical engineer, and one of the things that drives me crazy when you watch other people's car reviews, and I know you have this right, I'm just wondering your, imp your input on this, your feeling, 
um, when people say pound feet versus foot pounds, you know, pound feet is for torque and foot pounds is torquing a wrench is totally different uh, measurements. And what's, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> the difference between pound feet and foot pounds? Well, I'm not questioning your mechanical skills. I just kind of wanted people to understand when you're reading about an engine or about the torque on an on a vehicle, it's good to know the difference and to find out who actually knows what they're talking about by using the right terminology. And I know you know what you're talking about. Yeah, torque versus work, uh, and both can be expressed in the same units uh, multiplied by each other. <laughs> well, you're certainly an expert in your field. I, I'm sure that you didn't plan on making this YouTube channel, like you said, but I think many people think that they're going to end up working for a car manufacturer or something, and you end up running a YouTube channel. So how did that all come about? Yeah, no, that was that was actually the original goal. And, and kind of the reason behind the channel was to kind of show like a passion point uh, about uh, engineering and use that get, to get a job. Um, and I think now I've, I've got a pretty solid gig. So I'm pretty happy where I'm at at the moment. Well, on top of that, you're your own boss. Yes. <laughs> well, no, he's married. So maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason, thank you very much for your time. We we said uh, a uh, 10 minutes, but obviously we can talk to you for hours, but I don't want to take more more time from you. But I really appreciate it. And again, uh, go for Puerto Rico, man. Like 3.1. Yeah, there were. All right. Puerto Rico. That seems that seems out there. But, you know, I guess it, time is still going. So, yeah, 3,190,000 Puerto Rico's population. And you are like 100,000 shy of that. So, oh, go okay. For it. Okay. All right. We might make it happen. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I appreciate all of your time. Thank you. It was Great very nice. Thank Jason. you. Jason. Take Thanks care. Thanks for joining us, Bye. Jason. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com.